Welcome to Crowdsourcing the Revolution. I'm Amanda Rice. Um, I've been I've been watching Sabby Sabs live um, at the Julian, Free Julian Assange thing. Um, she's interviewing somebody right now, but it's a little confusing what's going on. So, <laughs> um, but today. Um, Really, I, I want to start with a really quick update. I um, wanted to let you know that um, the mental health care workers that have been on strike now for, they're going to go into their eighth week of an open-ended strike. And um, the when they went to the bargaining table this past week, Kaiser had absolutely zero movement in, in what they were willing to do in changing the working conditions. So I'll be back out there on Monday and hopefully get some more information and maybe some. But I just wanted to let folks know. And if you want to contribute or you can contribute to the strike fund, it's N-U-H-W, Na uh, National Union of, of Healthcare Workers, N-U-H-W dot org.
Welcome, Jonathan. So today I, I do want to do, I want to have calls and have panel discussion because I think there's, um, after, after the really interesting conversation between Katie and Brianna, um, it, it, it's clear to me that making a space where we can be that's not a commercialized space and doesn't have some of the downfalls um, of, of any of the kinds of media that, that might be used, like call-in, for example, which is a great tool, um, but having a space that, that we have uh, better control over or more control over my thought but there's a lot of tools available for for doing things together online and you know maybe just something as simple as google sheets but with as with a country as complex as this one a world as super complex as this one i imagine the library of expertise that we could build up and the link library that would exist um, in a space could be could be pretty extensive, and we'd want to make sure it was useful and not just a big blob of information. I I don't have a lot. I so I don't have a lot of experience with Discord, and we have the Discord set up. Um, I'd like to know more about using that, and and other tools. Um, I was in Schnarf's room this morning, and he was telling me about an app he made that pulled information from job websites to do resumes and stuff. It's really kind of interesting. And I've done a few projects using um, MySQL and using the WordPress platform. And I think there's a, it's, I think there's a lot of possible ways to build a library, but then also how do we make connections and mm, excuse the verb capitalize on 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 opportunities like call in to create real networks you know real world I was recently listening to was it citations needed no maybe about about how people talk about in the real world well, what, you're not in the real world right now? You're pretty much in the real world. But IRL is different. An interesting new resource uh, that I found this week is hiddentribes.us. Um, I picked it up from probably a, a Yang tweet, but it's an interesting, so it's, it's a, a, a year-long project launched by More in Common in late 2018 to better understand the forces that drive political polarization and tribalism in the United States today and to galvanize efforts to address them. Hidden Tribes of America study forms the initial phase of the project. So, so what they did is they put out this report and there's seven, seven different categories. Let's see, where is it? There's seven, seven profiles 
there's progressive activists, which is about 8% of Americans, and traditional liberals, which is 11%. I'll put the link. You can go to hiddentribes.us is the link. I'll put the link in for you if you'd like to look for it. Oh, thank you, Jonathan. It was Citations Needed. I love that show. I discovered it way too recently, I'm so I've been doing back catalogs. Um, it's one of the things that I think that um, with Citations Needed, it makes me think of why it would be really good, why it was really good to have RBN on Brianna's show and vice versa, so they are... are talking to each other, both of them from the left space, so that we can have a, I mean, because what Bree says resonates with me most of the time, and then Nick will go and say something that I go, oh, I didn't think about it like that, but it's not like, oh, I didn't think about it like that, but it's somebody on the right, because that's all we get is debates right on the right to the right right to the left. I mean, we need to have left to the left kind of conversations, I think, too. Um, so hidden tribes, because I'm because I do I am going to just read a few of these numbers. But the but the point is, there's the the progressive activists, traditional liberals, passive liberals, which is about 15 percent of Americans politically disengaged, which is about 26 percent. Moderates, 15%. Traditional conservatives, which is 19%. And then devoted conservatives is all the way on the other end. And they give profiles for each of these seven different tribes, they call them. And it's based on, you know, they've got the report and it says how they did it, um, how they did the studies. Say they. Please join me. Good afternoon. Say You were reading something, I. Oh yeah, no, I I had finished. Okay. No, I just saw that you your show was in. I I told you I was going to find some things out. I talked to someone. I'm going to I'm going to talk to him again on on Thursday that he managed to to make so he will explain me and I will tell you later that many cooperatives right down when I told you in 2001 when the country went broke and they took advantage of the situation actually right. and he's going to explain me so I, I'm going to get the info and, and I'm going to tell you but right now it's it's on the air. Okay. But I wanted to make a comment because I come from Snarf Room also, and and I always I, when I listen to you and um, a lot of other many others actually, they you all seem to be so down to earth and so comprehensive of the whole situation. But there's a lot of people that I find that are on the left that keep talking about some things that, how can I put it, they are keeping 
about they are talking about uh, going back to the land and stuff like that, which I think is really good. I think that's wonderful and not having agrochemicals, but I also a hundred percent on. But these people don't seem to understand that in order because I asked them and they want to do it, but with still having electricity, phones, I I assume doctors and medicine and those kinds of things and that they are not taking into account that for them first they would have to have enough money to buy land which is something that in the rest of the world is a very tiny minority that could afford that and I don't think they are taking like an account of who is going to produce that electricity who is going to mine the lithium uh, than the rare Im the, the rare minerals for the phones or for the, the electricity to be provided, the gas, the water, the running water. I mean, all those things and all the things that that requires requires also factories with people that would be working like they are working now and as bad as they are feeling now. And I don't think there is like this is kind of a a fantasy in a way, right? Or it's not a fantasy, but it's just for a very few. It's like perpetuating the same inequalities and capitalistic, this, I mean, in, in a more leftist way, if you want, without the, the consumerism and without the, but it's just for a few, right? Right, because people, it, it's hard because, it, it's hard because the imagination required to think about how do we, do this different. And and Mary Thomas, Jonathan, you are more than welcome to join the conversation, call on in, um, because they don't have a big a big agenda today. And I, I just want to kind of uh, either talk, understand Discord better or think about ways and other ways we can connect. I would I would like to start to build some kind of signal network. But again, I'm not I'm not a this is not my forte doing these kinds of things, but I would like to be able to get a hold of folks because I really do worry that what's going to happen is we're going to lose our internet at some point, and I want to be able to be connected to people somehow still. And I don't even know if that's possible if the internet's down with all the other things that would be happening at that situ you know, in that situation. So maybe it's just like crazy to think about, but. I can teach you how to plug things on the wall. That's that's as far as I get. <laughs> With hey, you know what? That's a good thing to do. I mean, if there's power, that's good. And yeah. and you know, maybe I'm just being a being alarmist, and I don't I don't want to be alarmist, but but I, no. I I struggle I struggle with with I struggle between the reason I make made this show called crowdsourcing the revolution and we end up talking a lot about fixing our democracy and revolution is not about fixing what's here i don't think i think that would be called reformation right mm. so so one of the reasons why i haven't changed it to something like crowdsourcing our democracy is one that's like redundant because democracy should be crowdsourced we should be all sharing the of jobs course. and tasks of democracy it's supposed to be that you know ideally but 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 instead of but i so besides being redundant i wanted to try and 
remind myself that it isn't a, it, sometimes it isn't going to have to be about reformation it has to be about revolution because i do think that it ha extreme things have to are going to have to happen i just want to be ready yeah. for them as much yeah, as i, I think could. there's there's two scenarios right like one scenario where you have like things the way they are and you say as, as you said you should reform it where i think we have like the way that things are being done and even if we turn like in the more organic way and things can get better we have enough food to feed the whole world by farming but really feed them like very healthy feed them and also we have the means of transportation for it to get to everybody but the other so that's that's something that we have to reform right but the other scenario yes is like someone press the fucking bottom of a nuclear bomb and stuff like that which can also happen uh and that will be like that will require like you say a, a very different and then yes we have to that there's a completely different scenario well, I'm just so surprised that, and, and I had the same feeling when Bush was elected in 2000. I thought this will surely be the thing that will force people to make changes. But I think our system has become so calcified that even recognizing we're in a system sometimes is really, really hard. And if you don't recognize what, that you're in a system, how can you do anything to fix it or get out of it i mean i don't know i'm i don't let me spiral joshua welcome alexander welcome you're welcome to call in this is apparently today's episode is 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 the amanda going down the road of holy shit you guys let me have a thumbs up if you'd like to hear some of the um ballot measures some of the initiatives across the country. I have, there's some interesting ones. There's about 137. I didn't see a single thumb. Nobody cares about these. I don't things. know. I don't even know what a ballot initiative is. So <laughs> okay, so ballot initiative. Some of them are put the legislature of the state. Oh, I understand. Measure on the ballot. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Like so, the, the proposal of the of the of the candidates. What is what they are going to do? Uh no, it's it's oh. it's proposing new laws or changes oh. to state constitutions. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like now Nevada has the most interesting Nevada has three measures on their ballot. One is um, adds a new section to the Nevada Constitution that states equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by this state or any of its political subdivisions on account of race, creed, color, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity or expression, age, disability, ancestry, or national origin. So that's one. In Wait, that's amazing. But I mean, does that have a, like a whole proposal of how to do that? Yeah. And so is equality, you, how does it, how did it start it? The, the first equality of rights under the law shall okay, not be denied or abridged by the yeah, state. Okay. Which are yeah. the rights? Can you tell me? 
that they they are all of the rights. But what are the rights shall not be denied. But but what I mean, you know, we have this saying that when there's a need, there's a right. Like right. But but that kind of the the discussion comes to yes. I hear what you're saying. So, so, so I don't know the rest of the Nevada Constitution, so I don't know what rights might be enumerated in it. Oh, okay. this is about this is about ensuring that where there is a right, everybody has equal access to it. Ah, uh, yeah. I think that's what that is. And it's not in the Constitution. Oh, okay, I would have thought that that's in the Constitution in the U.S. But no, it's not. The reform it's it. not. Because you didn't reform it. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then Nevada also is, is proposing to increase the minimum wage in Nevada to $12 an hour for all employees by July t- 1st, 2024, which uh-huh. that brings it up by a significant amount. I think it's something like 8 or $9 right now. Wow. Still not enough, but at least it brings it up. And then also Nevada would establish open top five primaries and rank choice voting for general elections, which is kind of what Alaska has. Open top five primary means it doesn't matter what your party is. Everybody goes on everybody's ballot for the primary. And then okay. the top five with the most votes are in the runoff or in the main election. And in the main election, it's ranked choice. So you rank them one to five. Oh, that's so really the, good because you have, you can, that's a way out of your two party system that is yes. so toxic. Yes. Okay. Yes. Hopefully, because five, I mean, Alaska does top four, which has resulted in having three Republicans and a Democrat. So five might. Amanda, someone is in your in your call. Oh, thank you, Joshua. Thank you, thank you, Sally. I was looking at the screen. I'm going to make you a caller, so we have a caller, Joshua. Yeah, I, I actually, I mean, uh, is it is is enthralling as this is? I know that you've talked about some of this stuff before. I don't want to uh, derail you, but Alex, who is in your uh, listener queue is somebody who has spoke on climate at the highest levels. And if he uh, would chime in, I think it would be a very interesting voice to have right now. Um, cool. On a whole he used to have a show on Colin that I tuned into whenever possible. And he hasn't for a while. So I'm not saying I'm putting him on the spot. No, I, so we'll, I know, we'll see I if he will come up. Yeah, we'll see. Alexander, please call in if you'd, if you'd like, because climate is one of those. All right, right on. Right on. Joshua, I can invite you to speak if you like. You can take it or not. Hi, Alexander. Am I, am I in there? Hi, Amanda. Um, uh, thanks, Joshua, for um, uh, for saying those kind words. And um, thanks, Amanda, for inviting me in the show. A bit of explanation and following on, on Joshua. I've been out for about three or four months. This is actually the very, very first time I'm back on call-in 
And I was seeing if the app was still working, and the first thing I saw was your invitation to join. But I just joined a few minutes ago, um, and I only listened to the the very uh, last few minutes. I'm not an American, although my audience is mainly American, but uh, what you're just saying about trying to get um, a kind of breakthrough to get out of this this quite non-democratic two-party system uh, that you have in America. Um, it's nice if you try it at state level, but ultimately you would like to have that at federal level and you'll never get there um, with the system that you have now in place, with the electoral college, etc. cetera. Um, because if you, if you do an election in steps instead of just a popular vote, you'll never get rid of the, of the two parties. Um, Speaking from for the Netherlands, we have in our um, in our, our lower chamber, so in in our parliament, we have only 150 seats, and we have something like I think 20 different parties there. Uh, so the biggest party in the Netherlands has only I don't know at the moment. I don't follow Netherlands politics too much at, in 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 the past five or ten years, but I would say the biggest party has maybe just 20 or 30 seats out of 150, meaning that. If you want to have 76 or more seats, so you have a majority as a government, you, you're you forced to make coalitions. So our government is, for instance, a coalition of four different parties. And uh, the downside is that you need to make compromises all the time. But that is, at the same time, that's the positive thing, that... Uh, you don't see radical change from... You don't have to choose between two extremes. You can actually choose something out of a large spectrum from left to right or from progressive to conservative. And uh, since you end up with some kind of coalition, there's always quite a bit to your liking or there's often quite a bit to your liking in the government policies. And it brings a lot of stability and it brings a lot of popular support in the government, in, in amongst the population, for what the government is doing. And so the kind of um, ec extreme opposing views like you have now in America, um, like you always had in America, but which you have much more since, let's say, starting 1980 roughly, um, that is something that we don't know in the Netherlands. Um, or basically in continental Europe. Uh, the UK is an exception because they also have this kind of steps that you have like, uh, uh, you, you you have all the things like the, the gerrymandering and the, and the districts and uh, this kind of stepped election, whereas you end up with only two parties uh, in practice. Where, whereas the third party, um, uh, the Lib Dems that have quite a bit of support amongst the population. I have no idea, but it could easily be, let's say, 20% or so. They are hardly represented in London, uh, in Parliament, because of these steps that are in between. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great if you make some progress at state level, but only if you change the system at federal level, uh, then, then you would you'd, you'd really get there. And originally, the, 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 the founding fathers of, of the U.S. as we know it by now had never intended to create parties. It, it, was, it, it was not meant to be a two-party system. It's just what, what, what finally evolved. Uh, by the way, Jefferson created uh, the, the kind of step system by working in states and also 
by giving each state uh, two senators, uh, which is maybe from his original point of view kind of fair to balance uh, the, the representation in the House. But the way it is now that, let's say, a state like Montana has just as many senators as California is, of course, way out of balance in the Senate that has a much more powerful role than the Senate has in, in most of the um, uh, countries in, uh, in continental Europe. So just a few cents from, from the few minutes I was just listening in. So I hope it fits more or less in what you were talking about. It, it, it does. And, and I want to hear more about about the show that you had had and, and more about um, what Joshua was saying. I just wanted to, um, though, say that so so it, the voting is not federally. The voting rules are set by the states. The, not, the federal government doesn't set the rules on any of that. It's all yeah. governed by the states. So yeah. it has to be done that way, at least the way that it's currently constructed. And I fear that that the structures of this country have been calcified for so long that there's a generation that doesn't know that change is possible because it's, I don't know, I feel like I've been living in 2020 since 2020. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and if you go back, I was just... Um, I just on somebody's show yesterday, somebody was playing a clip from um, it could be somebody in this room, a clip from from Brianna Joy Gray and Katie Halper from like 2015 or no, 2018. And oh, my gosh, they could have been having the conversation yesterday. It's crazy how little has changed in five years. It's insane. Yeah, One no. thing, it's also much, much more difficult in presidential system than it is in parliamentary system to have that kind of participation. And I mean, not all presidentials. I mean, we have like a lot of parties also, but in parliamentary systems, it's much more easier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, parties, it won't change in the U.S. Uh, it's it's I uh, ex except for if you would have like a massive uh, people's revolution in the country or something, which is not something that happens in any um, any more or less functioning democratic society. But uh, so it's it's not going to change. But it's it's sad in a way because uh, now you see uh, a situation where you know one of the parties has become more like. A cult than than a party, a party that is the Republicans are only out for power and are willing to uh, to give up everything. Um, this this case with uh, the uh, the senator in the past few days um, uh, who has uh, uh, encouraged his uh, partner to have an abortion while he is politically adamantly against abortion. And then a party still supporting somebody like that, who's clearly doing exactly the opposite in his in his life as what what he says as a political point of view, independent of the issue. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not at all a Republican in this view. Um, I I think that's a disgrace in politics. And if one party is so far away from reality that they just vote against everything just to make life impossible when the other party is in charge, um, then then the politics are not functioning anymore as they were intended. And that is uh, 
a serious worry for the future stability of a country once that 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 becomes the culture. I think I mean well I'll speak for myself is I think it's functioning as it was intended. It's just that most people are still so caught up in their day to day they're they're not able to pay attention um, and uh, you know apathy is really profitable at this point and you know you speak much on climate and uh, I don't want to be an alarmist but is it getting better out there or are we reaching fewer tipping points like you know because the direction we seem to be going is just putting the pedal down um, because that's what's good for the people that really believe that they deserve so much more than everybody else well, the climate is not getting better. The climate is getting worse every single day because uh, we are emitting more greenhouse gases every year than uh, than uh, than we did before. Whereas the only way to uh, to to solve the climate change issue is that we dr drastically reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. So, uh, on your on your first question, is it getting better? No, it's not. We we are. Uh, we should be alarmed because this this is really an existential issue. Uh, this is about the future of our planet, the future of our life on this planet. And uh, our political systems are not capable of solving this problem. I mean, so I'm sorry, Amanda. I just, ha I actually haven't spoke with Alex in a while, um, and I've been please, wanting to. Uh, I, please, I don't mind at all. I don't mind at all, but what I would like is yeah. I would like a little background so I know a little bit more about Alexander, and then I would love to have the discussion. I very much want to hear it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, Alex, I'm sorry. Like, you should have showed up in the last three or four months, but I'm glad that you're recovered and uh, ready to, uh, to tackle the same issues with more vigor. I assume. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'll be I'll be back uh, soon, perhaps even uh, ne next week already. As I said, I was just uh, checking the the thing. I was not ill. Well, I got COVID like everybody else gets COVID once in a while. No, I wasn't. I wasn't ill. Um, I was. Um, uh, part of one of the things I did, I walked the Camino in northern Spain. So I was for like five or six weeks. I was just out with a backpack and in the middle of nowhere. So I didn't have, didn't even have a Wonderful. connection to do this. Um, so I walked all the way to Santiago de Compostela, um, and um, for the rest, I was just, uh, I was just too busy uh, doing other things. So I'll be back. I will focus more on water issues and wastewater. Uh, I will focus on. Uh, ooh, 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 ooh. I want to play. I want to play. I used to be on. I spent eight years as an elected official on a board that that provided water and sewer services to a small town in California that's very short of water, according to them. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that is um, uh, according to them. Uh, they're they're probably right because California is a huge no, no, no. It's getting no, no, rapidly no. worse. I know. No? I know. I've looked at the science. They're wrong. They're trying to keep the town small by saying there's not enough water for them. It's oh, a small okay. town. I don't. I don't know. I know lots about water issues and politics, and sewer <laughs> issues and other kinds of like. So, if you ever want somebody to be butting into your show, it'd probably be me, especially if you're focusing okay. on that stuff. But what do well, you mean, Amanda, that they have more water that they are like? Can you like not 
maybe short, but can you explain? So the, the, the short version is when you plan for the development of a town, you have to plan, you project how much water and sewer capacity you need. And the way they calculated it, it calculates out so that nobody else can build a house there, which helps their property values immensely. So that's oh. the short version. The oh, long version okay. has been going on for 20 years. Interesting case. <laughs> so there'll be there'll be uh, wastewater issues and sanitation that uh, that I'll be talking about, and there'll be uh, green chemistry. I will have uh, that as an issue, and of course there'll be uh, there'll be the usual uh, climate crisis uh, stuff. Uh, whenever I find time for it, I'm doing quite a few things at the moment, so uh, uh, it won't be uh, four shows a week anymore as I did before. It was just taking too much of my time. That's ambitious. So are, are, do, are you going to be looking at um, recovery of, of um, different constituents from wastewater, like for recycling purposes? <clears throat> no, the, the folks will be more uh, wastewater issues in, uh, in developing countries, uh, ah, not so much okay. uh, uh, in, in, in California or so. Uh, it's normally, if you look at water, which is uh, the sixth of the of the sustainable development goals, the focus is normally either on uh, purely the sanitation side, uh, right. so building more toilets and having clean drinking water, etc., which is um, extremely important, or it is on the like like the the bigger water issues, um, uh, so so sort of more water works, etc. But uh, uh, the case of wastewater, which is highly relevant for uh, uh, for instance, for health and environmental reasons, um, it it doesn't get that much attention. So I thought that would be a good focus for the next few months. Um, but yeah, the usual uh, climate and biodiversity and pollution, etc., will will surely also be part of um, uh, of 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 the shows once I'm uh, once I'm back on air. Wonderful. What's the show called? It's the planet. <clears throat> okay, Joshua, it's all yours. Oh, no, I just uh, thank you, Alex, for, you know, chiming in. I have uh, missed our conversations. Uh, this is where I picked up some of my desalination uh, discussions, uh, Amanda. Uh, so uh, as well as we've discussed hemp and uh, other stuff. I mean, I'm sure that I also sometimes hijacked his show. So it's, I won't do it four times a week, but I'm looking forward to having you at least once a week if we can. You were the hemp expert, I remember, Joshua. Uh, well, yeah, closet expert <laughs> in the industry. Can I ask you a question, Alexander? Yes, of course. When you when you're talking about wastewater, you're talking about the the about the pollution that companies or or cities dumping the river or you're talking about the wastewater right renewing it and reusing it both actually um if oh. you if you if you clean it and, and 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 renew it you you dump less in the river of course um so it's there's a lot of aspects to it i mean one is uh, for instance once you uh cities in 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 a lot of poor countries are rapidly growing even in country you have no population growth the cities are still growing because this urbanization sprawl um, um 
one of the things you can do is when you know that an area is going to quickly develop, even if it's in, in the poorer quarters where, you know, it's, it's, it's not a kind of planned building as you would have in, in, uh, in the more developed countries, uh, you can at least uh, put some kind of basic infrastructure in the ground that there is, for instance, uh, that you do take care of, of wastewater. So there it's more um, the, 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 the first concern you're talking about is is the health of, of of people that you get this dirty water away from them um, then uh, another aspect is of course uh, cleaning and reuse of water or reuse of, of 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 gray water which is maybe not good enough to drink but you can still use it um, uh, for instance in um, in agriculture um, so there's aspects about technology there's aspects about um, how do you how do you organize it and how do you finance it? Um, so there's there's so many so many aspects uh, to it from either a development perspective um, or from from humanitarian perspective uh, perspective or or more business perspective. So I want to hear those different voices and and see um, you know wh what is possible. How can we get more people in the world connected uh, to uh, to sewer systems. Uh, how can we promote uh, health? How can we uh, avoid uh, getting more uh, pollution uh, in the water? How can you, for instance, in wastewater, how can you filter out uh, pollution? Can you, for instance, get plastics out? How about microplastics? Um, so there's there's um, yeah there's there's all kinds of questions coming up and all kinds of different aspect, uh, experts I would I would love to interview about it. Right. Because I, I imagine that um, what you were saying, because every time like we flush the toilet with pure drinking water, I mean, it breaks my heart. It's, but if you, and right now it's like a fortune to change it, I, I'm guessing. But if you are planning it from the start, you can use the same water they wash the dishes with to flood the toilets and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Even, I mean, yeah. I know that it won't solve anything, but at least to to start, because there are cities that are, and I don't know which countries are you talking about, there are cities yeah. in Africa that are running out of water entirely, yeah. like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. there are cities that have an absolute uh, lack of water, cities like Karachi, for instance, Pakistan. Um, uh, Johannesburg got a lot of attention in, in the media a couple of years ago. Uh, Sao Paulo became quite uh, infamous, first having no water at all and then getting way too much water and having flooding. Um, and I know. Yeah, and it's not a kind well, of one one thing that you can apply everywhere because, so for instance, in the Netherlands, where I'm from, uh, we, although for the first time we're experiencing a bit of drought now, normally we have too much water. We we have uh, we're experts in getting rid of water. Absolutely. Instead of, instead of get, yeah, and so for instance, my water bill in the Netherlands after a full year of just you know putting uh, water on my flowers and flushing the toilet and drinking the water, I pay only about um, let's say something like hundred US dollars, which is the commercial price. It's not subsidized. It is that cheap in the Netherlands to get clean water. Um, yeah, which is way well. cheaper than than in, in, in any other Western country. So in our case, it makes sense to flush the toilet with perfectly pure drinking water uh, because it's so easy for us uh, to get it with that quality. But if you live in, let's say, California it, it, or, or anywhere in the southwest of the US, 
uh, I would say it, 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 from the face of it, it looks perfectly uh, logical that you have drinking water on the one hand and that you have more the, the gray water to flush your toilet with. Yes, yes. That's, I hear that I, I, I live in a city that's built over a river and it's the same. And you, you travel like 1,100 kilometers, no, 1,000 kilometers and there, the water is so pricey that it's almost even affordable. I mean, running water, of course, and so they're getting it subsidized. Yeah. Is the, and I is, remember I know, being, yeah. sorry, I was just going to ask, is the water in the Netherlands um, like run locally, regionally? Um, it is, well, it's a very small country. I mean, the whole country is basically right. something like, let's say the size of New Jersey or Maine or something, uh, okay. but we're an independent country and not a state. Um, but uh, yeah, so we have uh, water utilities that uh, that clean the water. A lot of the cleaning of the water that we do is that we um, pump it in the the dunes. Uh, when you at least when you live in the west side of the country, close to the sea, that we pump it onto the dunes, and that it's being filtered by the sand in the dunes, and then deeper in the ground, at I don't know hundreds of meters or something, we pump it up again. So the, the whole cleaning process is done completely in a natural way. Um, so, uh, nice. and yeah, it's, it's, there, there are different, what's the word in English? Let's say water boards in, ah, okay. in the Netherlands. So it's, it's, uh, it's often crossing boundaries of cities or even provinces. They're like, like independent um, uh, water boards. And we actually, we vote not only for national elections, provincial elections and city elections. We have a fourth kind of election, which is, I believe, the oldest election that we have in the Netherlands, which is for the water boards, because we can't live without people taking care of our water situation. Huh. Interesting. And are those partisan or, or non-partisan? No, non-partisan. It's uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. Let's say, if you would vote for a more left-wing person, that person would right, probably right, right. want to have, have a little bit more government money. Right. But yeah, it's, it's many of them are more technical experts. <clears throat> yeah, is it run by oh, the state? Are? The water management. Sorry, sorry, Amanda. Get Amanda. No, go ahead, Seven. No, I was oh, I was asking if it, if it was run by the state, the water. Yeah, as, as we often have in the Netherlands, we're, um, yeah, it's, it's run by the state, but we have, with many of these utilities, we, we try to make state-run agencies, make it a little bit more business-like. So there's probably, I don't know, I'm not an expert how we do it in the Netherlands, but that, there's probably an, an element of profitability in it to 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 make it function better. Uh, but we didn't go as far uh, with those kind of public institutions as, for instance, the UK did in, in the 1980s under Margaret Thatcher, where they just sold off all these kind of government-run agencies and made it commercial uh, like they did with the railways, etc. So, so normally we, we bring in a bit of a business element, but there's, there's also state control. So it's a kind of mixed thing. We, we just look for that yeah. there's not, um, people are not, you know, on the barricades for the one thing or the other. Most people agree that some kind of mixed form 
works best. And then at certain moment, if we move too much to the commercial side or too much to the government side, oh. we, we just switch it a little bit until it works again. And the last question, and I leave it to Amanda, because there's this thing in, that is going on in many countries in Europe. I heard that they are like, for instance, in, well, in Paris, they recovered the, the, the water because it was, as you said, completely privatized. But there are many, many towns I've heard and in Germany in different parts that are like buying, for instance, the, I don't know, windmills, the ones that produce electricity and, and stuff like that. And they are like building their they are, they are community owned uh, producing energy right yeah it can be done it's it's extremely hard because of lobbying of the energy industry but that in california special districts can produce electricity does the netherlands product do hydroelectric Yeah, massively and getting bigger rapidly, especially ah. uh, hydroelectric at sea. So the ah. the North Sea, so the sea between, let's say, roughly uh, the UK, Norway and the Netherlands uh, is still on the continental shelf. So it normally never gets deeper than, let's say, about 200 meters or 600 feet. Um, so it's an ideal place for um, for putting up wind energy, and rapidly uh, we are uh, we're, we're expanding our wind energy at sea at the moment. Um, so But it's, yeah. my point was that the Mamanda that I think you'd like that this there is a, a town, a community, right? Like here we call it intendencias. I don't know in Europe how they call, and they get together. Right, they get together enough 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 money to invest. They sell things. I mean, they they manage in different in different ways, right? But the community, this small part of the state, owns the means of production of energy. It doesn't matter. I said a windmill because it, in this case, one of the cases in Germany was a community that managed to to produce energy, and now they are selling to other to other people. But it's it's not it's local. It's so like, a commune, eh? like a commune, like yeah, they're, they're, they're it's not like a commune that people that got together, right? It's, it's, uh -huh. They are divided, as, as Alexander said, in small communities, like we have in Tendencias. I don't know, you must have them also. And these small communities, like they are elected officials, they, are, they manage to buy and, you know, and even some of them, they, are, they have an excess that they sell and used to to like make things for the for the town or whatever and i think it's very brilliant to do that for sure it's good to be self-sustaining interesting about the wind farms offshore because that california is looking at that currently there's a bunch of agencies that are reviewing environmental documents for putting some off the coast of california Yeah, I I wonder if technically, I I I think the 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 sea is rapidly uh, getting deeper as soon as you go into the Pacific Ocean. Oh yeah, it's when you it's leave like California, well, but yeah, I'm it goes no it goes there. straight down for sure. <laughs> yeah. Some of the deepest yeah. parts so that, near shore. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that makes it more. Yeah, that makes it makes it makes it more complicated. Although they are developing now, this uh, this the the Norwegian uh, oil company is now investing in developing floating uh, windmills. Uh, 
uh, which 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 is also a very interesting development, of course. So I think technically, uh, now that so much investment takes place in wind energy, we will we will see a huge uh, change. My actually my first memory of California is when I was in 1986. I was a poor student with no money. Um, uh, traveling by bus uh, through the U.S. I was I was 20. I just turned 21 a few days before when I arrived in California. And the moment that I crossed the border, uh, coming from the east, traveling to to the west to California, the moment that I crossed the border, I saw more windmills than I'd ever seen in my life. Um, yeah. So that was that was an early investment of California. Yeah, for sure, for definitely, it for sure, for sure, like totally. <laughs> yeah, interesting. And that was that was before even the the the, the, the big uh, investments of of Denmark came. The Denmark started investing in in all kinds of different forms in energy from the early nineteen seventies onwards. But it's only I think in the nineteen eighties that they that they definitely chose for for wind energy, and that and Denmark really became big in uh, in wind. So in in Europe, we uh, we didn't see it. Uh, uh, we we didn't see wind that much yet, although the Netherlands is you know known for its windmills of the 17th century, of which we still have about a thousand, uh, including in my village that are still used, they're still working, but uh, they look uh, uh, they're differently. They're used for production, not for production of energy. Um, so we're right, that's a different. Too. Yeah. Hey, right. I'm looking at the clock. I got a phone call starting in in a minute. Oh, okay, Murphy had a question for you, but Murphy, you'll have to wait for the question. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us, and we will look for your show, The Planet. We're glad to have you back on calling. Thank you for being wonderful. Here. It was great to be back here. Get to, great to see Joshua as well, or to hear Joshua. And um, have a great weekend, all of you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. I want to um, I want to acknowledge um, Jonathan. It was Jonathan's show last night um, that that played. Thank you very much, neoliberal theories and Jonathan's show. What fresh hell is this, Amanda? Maybe yes. you know, because I've seen this like these reports and documentaries about the, <laughs> the damaging that is that that is being done to. I mean the the negative consequences of these renewable energies like the windmills that they they can be used for a while i mean many things but you know it's it's, it's like it it's saying it's against the propaganda that is being made like oh it it, for sure yeah but i don't know how much of it is is really you know because it can be subsidized i mean this, this can be paid by the oil companies also, right. right. I would say you should go from the if if something is against renewable energy, I would say first follow the money. Second, just assume that it's that it's probably because it, you can poke holes in it if you assume that it's correct. Right. Yeah. So it's it. I yeah, think yeah, you have to exactly. engage with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. You always have to be wary. You never. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I, I I was wondering. Maybe which I if I can find out some I don't know some trustable data to look, but that's so hard. For sure, and and I look forward to seeing all of your um, various avatars all over the place here. <laughs>